0: when the world around us doesn't make sense. When the world around us feels so displaced, dislocated, and diseased, we we need a vow like this, and and we need to hold it ferociously to make sense out of an insane world. At least I do.
1: Author Stan Rushworth who's a citizen of the Chiricahua Apache Nation, argues that there's a difference between a Western settler mindset of I have rights and an indigenous mindset of I have obligation. He says, instead of thinking I'm born with rights, I choose to think I was born with obligations to serve past, present, and future generations and the planet herself. American identity, many of us know, is often shaped specifically by a sense of freedom without responsibility, as if we're answerable to ourselves and no one or nothing else. But this sense of freedom without responsibility has had some devastating consequences, most explicitly shown perhaps during the COVID-19 pandemic. Many Americans routinely defied mask mandates and social distancing guidelines in the name of personal liberty and individual freedom. A shared sense of obligation to one another rarely made its way into this discourse or was seen as a partisan rebuttal. That's just one example, of course. There are many others. The ubiquity of the automobile in the United States might be another as would a lack of guaranteed paid parental leave or universal health care. Examples such as these seem like proof that Americans often feel little to no sense of shared obligation to one another, much less the planet. But for those of us who see this way of being as undesirable, who feel drawn to a sense of obligation but who've also been raised with this sense of entitlement, people like me, what might be the path that leads us back to a renewed sense of obligation to our neighbors, past, present, and future, and to the earth? How might we begin to walk the way that leads to right relationship and incorporate the sense of obligation into our daily practice? These kinds of questions are exactly what we set out to explore in today's episode. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Zach Martinez and I'm the pastor of Sojourn Mennonite Church in Fort Collins and Greeley, Colorado. With me today are Todd Winward, the executive director of Taos Initiative for Life Together or TILT, and Daniel Rhino Herrera, the man some call the High Priest of the Watershed Way, which is a quote, shared life way that brings together diverse people around common causes. The goal of this series is to invite a conversation around becoming a place-based people, finding ways to live in greater harmony with our neighbors and with the lands we inhabit. As we heard last time, becoming a place-based people comes with certain criteria and requirements that include listening to and committing to live in ways that honor the original inhabitants of the land, and committing to live in ways that benefit the land and those we share it with. In other words, it means choosing to set aside the mindset of the colonizer and choosing to belong. It means choosing to live more with a sense of obligation than with a sense of entitlement or individual rights. Today we begin that journey, and perhaps we will be surprised how far it will take us. I'm glad you're able to walk with us today Once again, my name is Zach Martinez. I'm joined by Todd Winward and Daniel Rhino Herrera. This is the Path to Restoration podcast. So Rhino, the last podcast, you and Todd mentioned the watershed way. I even said it might be something like a secret society, and you didn't really deny it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is cause for alarm, the good kind though. Um, so what is the Watershed Way exactly?
2: Well, it's a shared life way we're learning to live here in Taos County. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That unites diverse peoples around common causes. Mm-hmm. We try to follow the humble, rooted, place-based lifeways of the Pueblo peoples and Hispanic ag- agricultural communities, like mine,
1: mm-hmm.
2: that have thrived for centuries in this place. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. okay. And you said you had a vow I think you even said you had a covenanted vow. So can you share it now? Or do we need to take a secret handshake first or something?
2: Well, I'll share it now. Okay, (laughs) It's not a secret, but it is serious. Hmm. We have a vow we recommit to every year at the river. And it goes like this. We of the Watershed Way are hard workers. Hmm. We work to build the community that we want our children and grandchildren to grow up in. We work for and delight in the kind of community that our Creator wants us to have. A community in which we all have enough, healthy local food on all our plates,
3: Hmm.
2: good water for all to drink, renewable energy for all to use, a safe roof over all of our heads, jobs with dignity, confidence in our hearts, trust in our handshakes, and peace in the land.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. It's powerful. It's it strikes me as like funny and deeply sad <laughs> that this kind of vow seems so different from what society around us is like. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's sad that we need a vow. That we need to repeat it and like hold on to it furiously because it seems like it's just common sense and like natural.
2: Right? <laughs> it sounds so natural to me, but it's so different from the way Americans usually live.
0: Exactly. like It's like you said, the words, they're just common sense. But when the world around us doesn't make sense, when the world around us feels so displaced, dislocated, and dis-eased, we, we need a vow like this, and, and we need to hold it ferociously to make sense out of an insane world. I, I, at least I do.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you all keep using this word vow, and that's not a word that we use a lot. Anymore. I mean, it's not a word that we're very comfortable with, unless we're like at a wedding right. or something.
0: It's like old-fashioned.
1: Yeah, you know, we don't we don't make vows as Americans. We're you know we're we're liberated. We get to do whatever we want. We're not bound by a vow. So vows sound somehow prudish or old-fashioned to the modern era. Yeah,
0: like yeah, and not only is it a a vow, but it's a covenanted vow. It's a life way that we commit to.
1: Hmm. It's re- The Watershed Way, it is sounding like a secret society.
2: (laughs) Kind of. We recommit to it every year in a cave. In a cave? (laughs) Yeah. Overlooking the Rio Grande in an area where I grew up.
1: This is getting too cool. So every year you make a secret vow. I'm assuming there's hoods and torches involved. But I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole quite yet. I want to take a deeper look at what the Watershed Way is itself. So Todd and Rhino, in other places you've said there's a watershed way is personal and it's political, but it's social, social and spiritual, spiritual. So what what does it mean for you guys? What is the watershed way?
0: Yeah, it, it's expansive. It, it's mm. both a vow and a vocation. It, it's something we believe, and it's something we work for.
2: Well, it started as a personal vow. Three of us at the
0: headwaters on San Isidro Day.
1: So that's how it began.
0: Yeah, we were, Chris Pieper was another person and Audra, his wife, we were there, hmm. but we barely knew each other then. That was when we started getting serious. Right. But yeah, Rhino came, Rhino came with a prayer. He came with that Saint, uh, San Ysidro prayer. And I didn't know who this guy really was yet. And I was like, where did this prayer come from? That's this so- came like straight out of the heart of God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah, here we were, you know, trying to resurrect this old tradition and. And the three of us were the only ones there that first year with Adra, his wife, as support.
1: Hmm.
0: So so it started teeny, right? Right.
1: Just really small.
0: It still is.
1: Right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Put put some flowers in the river, said a prayer, said some blessings. So
1: Hmm. that's how
2: it began, yeah.
1: So it began with this sort of like personal vow with a small group of people in a cave overlooking the Rio Grande.
0: The cave came next year, right? Right. That oh, so it wasn't <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> the cave was the an addition.
2: Year, five of us met in a cave overlooking the Rio, and it became a covenant in lifeway. Hmm. Something we commit to together. Pray for each other. Baptize each other in the river.
1: Oh, wow. You, you baptize each other in the river.
2: Yeah. It... <laughs> yeah. It's a place where we're committing to. Hmm. It's a source that gives us our body's life. Agua es vida. Mm-hmm. It gives
0: to us. We give to it. Hmm. I love knowing that, you know, Jesus was not baptized in the Jordan.
1: Hmm. What do you mean?
0: He he was baptized into the Jordan. Ah. I love that in the Gospel of Mark, it's a full-body experience. I, I think that Jesus was baptized into the Spirit, but he was baptized into a place.
3: Hmm. Yeah. To be,
0: you know, this is, this is what chet myers talks and writes about when he says watershed discipleship to practice in a place is different than just anywhere and mm-hmm. you can't save the world but you can save a million little places and i think for us and i think especially for rhino coming back to the place you grew up like this this is literally a place that you knew when you were a kid and now we're we're making that holy again right?
1: <sighs> wow that's amazing Hmm.
0: it's like everything is holy ground if it's not what you see but how you see it right and i think you wanted to leave and get away from little arroyo hondo to see the big life and then this is now our garden of eden again we we realize that the kingdom is Hmm. within grasp Hmm. you know if we see it the right way there's a return
1: from exile imagery there for sure so let's get back to the watershed way for a minute rhino how how did it keep growing for you and in you
2: about that time, I also was given a carving of San Isidro from a viejo, hmm. Fernando Martinez. For me, when he passed on the bulto, he passed on a mantle, a piece, a place-based
0: community leadership.
3: Hmm.
0: I it's inherited it. Is the bulto, it's a bulto that's, that's the, it's a big, like a yard-long kind of a, what, what, how would you describe the piece of carving? In you the know, he,
2: he told me that he found it in Mora.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: it had come off of a side of a bench that was in an old
0: morada. And a morada is a chapel of the penitentes, right? A eh? chapel
2: of the penitentes. So an
0: older Hispanic lineage of Nortenos of people right. who've lived on the land hmm. for a long time. Right. Hmm. So this was given to you by a guy who saw something in you.
2: Yeah, right? he did. You know, he took me over to his house, and it was hanging on the wall like a, a piece of art. And he walks up to it and he shows it to me, he grabs it off the wall
0: and, and hands it to me. It literally hands you the mantle of leadership. <laughs> the mantle wow. Of leadership.
2: Wow. You know? So it's like, you know, I felt like he passed on this mantle of leadership and place based community leadership. So I inherited a responsibility to be a protector of this place hmm. and to share my gratitude for its gifts.
3: Hmm.
2: And because of that day, I've been organizing community ceremony every year to celebrate San Isidro Day.
1: Oh cool. So San Isidro has a day. I've never heard of it.
2: Yeah. It's an old Spanish Catholic ceremony that mixed with the nature celebration of Pueblo peoples and it became a wonderful thing here in New Mexico.
0: Hmm.
2: However though, San Isidro Day has fallen into neglect in most places
0: and we've lost connection to the land
2: here in Taos.
0: Yeah, so a lot of places, I've, I've looked around northern New Mexico, and, and Albuquerque is doing a similar thing, that they, before us, started resurrecting the tradition, and some of the older viejos, some of the older men could teach others, and it became an interfaith, land-based, uh, acequia-loving, water-loving blessing that was embraced by more than just Catholics, and so mm-hmm. we started doing that here. I, I want to go back, just that handing of leadership reminds me, Zach, just because you and I are Theologians at times, like that's what the ancient prophets did. They literally breathed the spirit into the next one and handed the clothing or the mantle. And like, yeah, that doesn't happen in like modern day anymore. That sounds like Mm. some Old Testament or some fiction, you know?
1: It's a it's a pretty powerful thing though when those kinds of things happen. Um,
0: Undeniably powerful.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you can't
0: go to bed the same man anymore. (laughs) No,
1: it's it reminded me a little bit of when I became the pastor of my church. I went to the the last service that the uh, previous oh. pastor was um, when he was leaving and I, he was last Sunday and he brought me up to up on stage and says like, t- he's like today I'm Moses and you're Joshua. And mm. he's like, I'm handing over the call of this church and I'm handing it off to you. And I w- I wonder if there's like, there's probably places that we could go with that and how yeah, this works. Well, I wonder,
0: I'm, I'm going right to Spider-Man. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I want to take that that trope from Spider-Man and turn it around. You know, Uncle Ben always is telling Peter, with great power comes responsibility, comes mm. great responsibility. But in this case, with great responsibility comes great power. Mm. And, and that's truly what I've found in, in you, Rhino, and, and what I'm seeing in, in the movement is you were given the responsibility because he saw something in you that was of the lineage mm of what he knew was right and true. And he never knew the term watershed way. That's something we've crafted. Mm-hmm. But, but it's carrying that power and realizing that the people need a prophet. The people need, you know, without vision, the people perish. And I think the vision that you've crafted with that prayer and that we've crafted with the watershed way, it's something that gives people hope and inspiration in a very, very hopeless and worried time. Zach, exactly. you've talked about well, what is the watershed way exactly? And it's, it's fascinating because it's a private vow, but then it became a little gathering in a cave, <laughs> but then it's also become a community ceremony that we do every year at San Ysidro Day. But it's also become a basis for community organizing.
3: Mm.
0: We put that message on a yard sign. Right? I would love it if a thousand Talleyanos could put that on their on their yard this year. Mm. It's interesting in, in social change theory they talk about three percent of a population being needed that might be the lever to shift an entire population. Hmm. Here in Taos, that would that would only be about a thousand people.
3: Right.
0: Wow. So if we could get a thousand people to have a yard sign with this, it could be the most grassroots Gandhi style movement. <laughs> so then for us when COVID hit, the language of living into a new normal became oh, yeah. our new like what they call COVID clarity sometimes. Mm. And so this message that has sometimes felt like a hobby or just a couple of us hanging around in a cave, suddenly it has relevance to everybody. Mm. And so, yeah, it's not just a l- renewable energy for yourself as you retire, mm. but renewable energy for all people, mm. not just local food that you get from from the organic shoot mm. store or your own CSA, but rather local food on all of our plates. And so mm. it becomes a community activism and a community justice orientation that we want to see in the world. You know, we have also found that we
2: can use the language of the Watershed Way as a vision for statewide change. Oh, yeah. When Lila June Johnson ran for state office last year, she Hmm. ran on a platform of what she called the Seventh Generation New Deal. And she asked me to speak on her behalf. And in my speech, it was just... It was natural. It, it was natural, and uh, there wasn't so many people there, but it brought tears to my eyes. And the, with the support of the people that came down from Taos, it was, it was, it was a beautiful thing.
0: This is actually a really strong example of what you meant by building bridges. Earlier, Lila June Johnson was is a woman who grew up in Taos and part Pueblo, part Diné, and Navajo, and she she decided to move from. She's a spoken word poet and a musician, and she ran for politics under the age of 30. And this is a native woman who then Rhino could join forces with. And so, you know, people of color, brown people from Northern New Mexico aligning together for a seventh generation new deal. Wow. And you were able to just speak right to the heart of the watershed way that became a justice movement at the state level.
1: Hmm. Wow. man, From the cave to the Capitol.
0: <laughs> That's catchy. That's quite the journey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so the the watershed way is expansive it's it's what i hope in a religious term would be called a generous orthodoxy Mm. an an invitation that changes my inner heart and changes my outer heart changes the inner world and changes the outer world
1: Mm. absolutely
0: but if we just went toward politics it wouldn't it wouldn't be the long lasting and personally changing kind of thing. And if Mm. we just kept it behind our closed doors, it wouldn't be the world changing kind of thing. So at least for us, it's the pathway that keeps us going in our life.
1: Well, and I think from what it sounds like, that's sort of how it drew its power. Like it started with some people in a cave, taking a personal vow to change the way that they interacted with the world around them. And that power is what makes that your, your speech on the, on the, at the state capitol rhinos is that you have committed your life to this these aren't hollow words these aren't these are words that you can't have that you have lived before you spoke them and i think that's where it really really it drags people to this movement
0: i had a baptism in church but that was nowhere near as powerful as the baptism into the watershed way Mm. in this watershed with my mates with my allies who i give my life to so this idea of oftentimes in conversion we think it's about some to a belief system but in reality it was a conversion of manners of habits of actions Mm. so i think for us it's converting our hearts and as well as our pocketbooks
1: (laughs) Mm. there's an old african proverb that says when you pray move your feet it's a piece of ancient wisdom that has been handed down to us by a people who were forcefully displaced from the lands they once knew those of us who are willfully displaced, those of us who are descended from people who forcibly displaced others, I wonder what this piece of ancient wisdom might offer us. Too often I get a sense that I have done the work when I say the right things, when I'm aware of or possess the right knowledge. But so often my words are themselves disconnected from the actions that I need to take. But words and actions should be intimately related. Like Rhino said, the vow of the watershed way is serious. Vows compel us to live in ways that honor our words. This is, I think, what makes the watershed way so inspiring. It's praying while moving your feet. It's words that lead to action. And therein lies its power. the world as more than something from which value might be extracted. It's an invitation to participate in the world, not to exploit it. So what does this look like? It sounds good in theory. Can it be practiced? Can it work? Over the course of the next three episodes, I ask Todd and Rhino to offer specific ways they have lived out this vow. What does it mean for the ways we eat? What does it mean for what we do with the waste we create? And perhaps most importantly, how do we respond when the world seems to be literally burning down around us? As you can probably guess, Todd and Rhino have a lot to offer. So please check in again on June 28th when our next episode will be released. In the meantime, join us on June 21st for our second live Zoom forum. For more information, visit tilt.square.site. There you can register for the Zoom link and contribute to the work of Tilt. Once again, my name is Zach Martinez. I've been joined by Todd Winward and Daniel Reino Herrera. Music has been provided by Ray Metzler. This has been the Path to Restoration podcast.